Hello, you're listening to No Such Word as Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice, as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today, I get to sit down and chat about all things creative and body positive with Jade Eloise, aka Body Posy Poet. Welcome to the podcast, Jade. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you. I have been following Jade for a while, not only because she is an insanely talented writer and poet and her words have so much power, but she continually uses her voice to speak up and advocate for marginalized communities. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear what she has to say today. Oh, well, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's all true. It's all true. You have done the work. Now, your username is Body Posy Poet. So I figured we might start talking a little bit about body positivity. And for some of my followers who might not know what body positivity is, could you give us a little idea? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a difficult one to answer because body positivity means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, When I I suppose in its earliest origins, body positivity was used by people in fat bodies, uh, particularly fronted by black women of color, um, black fat women of color. Um, And it was a movement about radical body acceptance and empowerment in in a society that kind of has very strict rules on what a body should look like um, and tends to exclude marginalized bodies from that. So, um, you know, kind of in the mid 2010s, you'd see a lot of plus size people just sharing their lives and their bodies online to celebrate and empower one another to just live their best lives in their bodies, regardless of what they look like. Um, I define body positivity as more of a mindset Um, So it's a mindset where you believe kind of unequivocally that all bodies deserve equal respect uh, within society, regardless of their individual differences. And I mean, that should just be a basic human right, should it not? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it honestly sounds it's a little bit ridiculous that we have to even talk about this, saying that that people of all shapes and sizes and ethnicities and everything should just have an equal playing field and everyone's deserving of respect. Um, When did you first discover body positivity? Um, I think it was probably around six or seven years ago. Um, I was at a point in my life, I was in my sort of mid to late teens and I was just, I was just fed up. I was fed up of the yo-yo dieting. I was fed up of punishing Mm. myself for things that are out of my control mm-hmm. um and I just I remember this really pivotal moment I was on a, a bus um into town and I've always hated public transport because of the way people react to fat bodies in contained spaces um and I was stood wearing an F your beauty standards t-shirt and I just thought you know what I can't do this anymore I can't keep punishing myself I can't keep hating myself um 
and I kind of then dove more into the self-love and body positive communities online and it sort of spiraled from there really. Yeah I think I, I found body positivity a few years ago as well and I was very guilty of using you know the hashtag body positivity on Instagram posts etc until I learned why I am not the person as a white slim female I should not be using that that hashtag um why why should that movement be reserved for the people who need it the most I think body positivity is definitely for everyone in terms of if you believe that all bodies should be treated equally then you have a body positive mindset Mm. if you have equal respect for people regardless of their individual differences and I think it's important that we kind of single out the trans community disabled bodies and black bodies and people of color when we're talking about that because I think if you're going to exclude any one of those people or anyone Mm. from any marginalized group then you can't consider yourself body positive but if you believe that all bodies deserve um equal respect then absolutely you have a body positive mindset but in terms of the movement itself in terms of the representation that we see in the media um it's really important that we center the most marginalized bodies because sorry that has an an knock-on effect for everyone if we are centering the bodies that society pushes to to the very edges that tries to exclude that then filters down to start to include everybody who fits within the different scopes of that those two ends of the spectrum um i sort of like to think of it as different circles in the inner circle you have the body ideal and then just outside of that you have people who are slightly outside of that body ideal it it might be because they're a person of color it might be because they're really slim um but they still fit in in a lot of different ways Mm. and then there's more and more rings and the more intersectional someone's identity is the further outside they are so if we're making we're making sure to center the people on that very outer ring then we're including everyone within that as well, which is why it's so important to center the most marginalized bodies. So looking at disabled bodies, black bodies and people of color's bodies, looking at trans and LGBTQIA plus bodies, um, looking at anyone who has any sort of facial disfigurement or limb difference, anyone who has been made to feel that their body isn't good enough, the more different your body is, the more you should center within body positivity. Yeah, I love that. And it is so unbelievably important, you know, because those those people have been pushed kind of out of mainstream media, everything that we consume, you know, we've we've come a, a little way, I, I would say, but we still have a long way to go until, you know, everyone is able to see themselves represented, whether that's on a magazine, whether it's on social media, whether it's on TV or movies. Um, I think it's a really interesting I'm a psychologist. So from the psychological point of view, I find it very interesting to understand how people view others and why there is such a a culture of rejecting anything that is other or deviates from what we've, as as a society, have determined this is the quote unquote norm. So yeah, you could be talking about people in fat bodies, people of color, queer people why do you think as a society and you might not have the answer I'm sure it's like a philosophical debate but why do you think (laughs) there's such a culture of trying to reject 
anyone that is other than what society is determined should be correct or perfect or accepted? I think there's there's lots and lots of different reasons and it'd be really hard to define one specific one. Um, but I read a really interesting book, um, Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. And within it, she sort of dissects the history of um, slavery and colonialism and how the body ideal across where Western Europe sort of changed in terms of once black people were introduced into white society as other, how that changed the body ideal. It went from kind of plumper, curvier bodies being the body ideal to suddenly thinness and whiteness becoming the epitome of beauty. Mm. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with separating us and them and that creating that hierarchy of bodies. So I think race does play into it a lot. And I think a lot of the aesthetic that we fear in society today has a lot to do with those racial origins um, because black bodies were often seen as bigger and curvier with bigger boobs and bigger bums, bigger lips. So big became the fear. People just hated that idea of becoming big. Um, and that slowly drips down through the years. Yeah. And I think we can see a lot of that within today's society, even when you know big lips became a trend and big bums became mm. a trend. It wasn't a trend on black bodies, only on white bodies. And only if you still had a, a slim waist and a flat stomach and abs. And then it was creating this body ideal that doesn't exist naturally. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have curves on your curves on your boobs and curves on your bums, you're probably going to have curves in the middle and everywhere else as well. So, you know, we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to kind of confine ourselves and determine our worth on a body that doesn't even exist naturally within society. Yeah, I think that is everything that you just said is put <clears throat> so perfectly, you know, there is no ideal. Everyone is different. You know, it doesn't matter how much exercise you do, how you eat, you know, everyone's body is going to end up in a different place anyway. And if you look like beauty, beauty standards are always changing, you know, even in our lifetimes, they've changed year on year. But if you look back, you know, at statues of ancient Greek gods and goddesses, if you look at those curves and, and paintings, you know, they're, it's absolutely beautiful. And it really does showcase that you don't have to be clear cut into the exact perfect shape that people think you need to be, to be beautiful, to be worthy, to be desired, to be a value, a valued human being. One of the things that took me a little while to get used to in the body positive movement and involved me kind of unpacking a lot of my own internalized fat phobia. You know, you talking a little bit there about, you know, bigger bodies being seen as other and then society saying you shouldn't be that for fear of, you know, comparing yourself potentially to someone of a different race. I find that really interesting. I'm going to need to read that book. Um, <laughs> is the reclaiming of the word fat. Now, both of us have already used it within this podcast, saying the word fat, because for me, and I'm sure for you, I don't see it as an insult. It is simply a descriptor. Why is yeah. it so important to reclaim that word? I think there is, again, the, the fear that we have on being rejected by our peers, by our loved ones, by wider society, particularly, I think, within romantic relationships as well. There's a fear of being rejected for your body. Mm -hmm. um, 
that becomes loaded within the word fat. I think there's lots of people who will be listening to this right now who have been called fat as a negative adjective at some point in their lives. I think almost everyone can say, whether you're fat or not, that someone would have put that adjective on you in a negative light at some point. So in order to remove that fear, in order to remove that negative connotation, we have to start using it in a very neutral space. It is just a descriptive word, the same way that I describe myself as black or describe my hair as brown. It just describes my appearance. Um, And the more that I started to use that word to describe myself, the less the sting on the end of it kind of affected me. And now when people call me fat, regardless of what their intention is behind it, whether they're just describing my body neutrally or whether they're trying to offend me, it doesn't offend me anymore because I know that I am fat. But and I also okay. know that's not a bad thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the more that we use it, the the more that it helps to redefine how we see the word. Absolutely. And yeah, I think we all have stories from when we were younger, growing up, or, you know, even some some people that I know now, you know, weight is all, as a woman, you know, it's centered in so many conversations. You know, if you're at a party, if you're out, if you're just having coffee with friends, you know, you would think we had more interesting things to talk about. but that there's one sentence that always sticks out to me that a lot of body positive influencers talk about and it's when people say you're not fat you're beautiful one is not exclusive of the other you can be fat and beautiful and I think that's a really hard concept for people to grasp um because we've always been taught that the two are one and the same uh if you're if you're fat you're immediately considered ugly or undesirable or that there's something wrong with you there's a lot of negative connotations to fat um laziness or being unclean all of these things are things that we associate with being fat because of the stereotypes that we've had portrayed within the media and Mm -hmm. by people that we know so I think it's really hard for people to hear the word fat directed at someone who maybe they love or they consider to be beautiful because the, t- the two just don't work together. Um, so it's really important that we reclaim that and say, no, I am beautiful and I am also fat. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me personally, when I discovered the body positive movement, I was personally struggling with binge eating disorder and it really did help to kind of just reprogram my brain to view things a little bit differently. And I started to heal the process of my own body, which is still ongoing, but more than that, it helped me to view others in a better light and a more positive light. And I had to do a lot of work on my own white privilege, on my privilege as a thin person, you know, and I think it's something that all of us would benefit from, not just for ourselves, but for other people. There's a big difference between, well, not really a big difference, but there's a bit of a difference between being body positive and being body neutral. And I feel like body neutrality is perhaps slightly easier to kind of bring yourself around to it's very hard to just one day wake up and go I love my body my body is amazing so for a lot of us I feel like an easier stepping stone would be just to say I have a body yeah absolutely um I think it's quite interesting that you say that because I was the same I kind of I went straight into self-love and then I thought oh this is really difficult but actually and I think this is where defining body positivity becomes quite important 
for me, body positivity is the step towards self-love because Mm. it's about looking outside of yourself. I think self-love is very much how we feel within our bodies and body acceptance is very much how we feel Mm -hmm. within our bodies. But body positivity is about knowing that regardless of whether you find someone attractive, whether that's yourself or someone else, regardless of whether you think they are beautiful, their worth is unconditional. Their right to exist exactly as they are is unconditional. And that extends to yourself as well. So for me, even though I started in self-love and then went to body positivity, it was body positivity that helped me come back to self-love because I realized that I look at other people and I respect them for who they are. So why would I not respect myself? Um, So I sort of almost skipped over that body neutrality step by going to body positivity. But absolutely, it is a wonderful stepping stone as well if you're focusing on your own uh, self-love journey. And how was that journey for you? Um, It's still going. (laughs) (laughs) I am absolutely a different person to who I was six years ago. Um, I've life modelled naked for 50 plus people. I've posted pictures of myself online on a regular basis and I don't use any filters I just let myself exist I don't punish myself for eating the food that I need to eat to fuel my body um and it sounds like such simple things you know to be able to look in the mirror and just just not feel any type of way I don't always look in the mirror and go oh my god I'm stunning sometimes I do don't get me wrong (laughs) but I never look in the mirror and go oh and that used to be all the time I'd look in the mirror and I just look away and now I just look in the mirror and go that's me mm-hmm. and I, I just smile at myself in the mirror as I'm getting ready in the morning because this is my body this is my home and I accept and appreciate myself even if I don't always love myself and I think that's a fantastic I think that's what everyone should aim for just give yourself Absolutely. permission to be yourself and to exist in this world you know life's I know it's said over it's such a cliche life is too short yeah just, just our body is just what we use to get around it's our vessel absolutely and I think also we have a tendency to overlook how much our self-esteem is tied up in our body and how much that then impacts on other areas of my of of our lives so Mm -hmm. for me if I'm struggling with my mood or feeling like I'm a failure perhaps in my work that has an impact on how I feel about my body Equally, if I'm having a day when I'm not feeling 100% about my body, it has an impact on the things I'm willing to do and the people I'm willing to see and how much I'm willing to give to my life. Mm -hmm. So it's actually incredibly important to start building that relationship with ourselves because it doesn't just impact how we see our bodies. It has an impact on our entire lives, what we allow ourselves to do day to day. Um, so it's it's more than just a vanity thing. It's about yeah. our entire well-being, our holistic well-being. Oh yeah, mental, physical, spiritual, even it's it, it all ties together. Um, you've spoken a little bit here with us about existing as a fat black woman, a beautiful fat black woman, the audacity, <laughs> the audacity for you to thrive. Um, but you you did also have you do also, sorry, have another part of yourself that belongs to yet another marginalized community how was that unpacking all of that did you always know or did you have to kind of discover that side of yourself 
are we speaking about neurodivergence or queerness or both or both (laughs) or both let's go with both (laughs) um it's always very interesting realizing that there's something else that separates you from the rest of normalized society mm-hmm. and unpacking that for yourself and navigating that with people mm-hmm. who don't have the same identity as you and wondering how they're going to react to you or how you're going to interact with them how are you going to get on a level with people who don't really understand your life experience mm. um I found that I kind of had to accept my fatness first because despite the racism that still exists in the UK and around the world it was almost the fatness that separated me most from my peers it was always a thing people commented on first um so I had to accept that first and then it was accepting myself as a black woman and then it was accepting the fact that I'm probably the fact that I'm disabled before I truly accepted that I was queer um and then only recently it was neurodivergence so it was almost like a a snowball effect of you mm-hmm. accept one part of yourself and then another part of yourself comes to the surface when it feels safe to do so yeah um it's 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 a bit like therapy you kind of think you've done the healing and then something else pops up because <laughs> now is its time <laughs> so I've dealt with that and I'm feeling good about yeah. this so let's move on <laughs> to the next part <laughs> absolutely yeah I think you know I'm loving the way the kind of, I don't want to say the word trend, the way some people in the world are evolving. We've started doing a lot of learning, learning that there's no yes or no answer to everything. There's shades of gray. It's not black. It's not white. When you're talking about, for instance, queerness or gender, it's fluid. It's on a sliding scale and people are going to fall where they fall. And going back even to body positivity or just body acceptance, you don't have to be queer. You don't have to be disabled. You don't have to be black. You don't have to be Jewish to know that these people exist and to give them respect and to understand that they are valued human beings who have worth. Did you struggle at all coming out to people or telling people that you were neurodivergent did you did you ever feel like oh god here's another thing that I'm gonna have to tell people and they're gonna have to you know accept me for who I am with this with this other part of me I wouldn't say that I in general struggled it's it's kind of ironic I find it easier to tell a bunch of strangers on the internet about my identity than I do kind of the people closest to me and I think that's something a lot of people can relate to do you worry more about the judgment of those closest to you in your life Mm -hmm. um for me in terms of my queer identity um I just I don't know I just sort of blurted it out one day um I was doing a plus size pageant and one of my outfits was very much just a rainbow aesthetic um and my mum joked to me and she said you realize people were going to think that you're gay when you're wearing this and I said oh but I am and that was it that was the extent <laughs> of my coming out um and then from that point I just you know just told people if it came up in conversation I feel yeah. like I if I was to go around introducing myself by all of my different intersectional identities it would be <laughs> a good a good half an hour introduction so 
instead I but just people don't do that you know like it would be so weird if like someone <laughs> came so up and was like, like hello my name is Emily and I'm straight <laughs> you'd be like and okay you know it doesn't happen absolutely and I think that's you know I've just taken that and gone okay I'm just going to assume that people know this information about me yeah and then if it comes up in conversation if I want to I'll explain more if I don't then I won't um because people aren't entitled to you they're not entitled to your identity you can tell them as much or as little as you'd like to um personally I love I love telling people about me hence why I want a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I mean you're such a such an interesting person so I understand (laughs) no I just I just I've come to a point where I accept myself and I kind of feel like other people should be obligated to accept me as well so you know I will just assume that people are happy with me as I am and if they're not then that's that's their problem I'm it's not my job to try and convince them otherwise really <laughs> yeah absolutely did you find that writing specifically your poetry was that an escape for you was it cathartic when did you start writing so I've always liked writing um, but I started writing poetry specifically in my second, my first year of university going into my second. Um, I took a year out because I was struggling with my mental health. Um, I was quite depressed and really low self-esteem. I just wasn't doing anything. I wasn't really leaving the house. I wasn't going to my lectures. I barely scraped through the year and I just thought I need some time off to work on this. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just... I think it was a way for me to understand myself, understand what I was going through. It can be difficult when you're depressed to know what it is you're experiencing, what you're feeling. Um, I didn't have the words to explain it to people. I remember one of the first poems I wrote that year was titled Why You Like This? And it's someone, someone had asked me that question and I was, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I wrote down my experiences and put it into poetry and I found that the creativity of it helped me to explore my emotions more than if I'm just trying to put it into sentences. Um, I think there's something quite powerful about taking your experiences and your words and moulding them and shaping them into something more. Um, yeah. And it really helped me to just express myself in a way that I was struggling to do. I mean, not only did you help yourself through that, I'm, I know for a fact that you've helped others, that your other people have read your words and connected with that to a part of themselves or a struggle that they're going through in their lives as well. So if any of my listeners would like to go and read some of your poetry, where can they find you? Um, so a lot of my poetry is on my Instagram. I've got my Body Posy Poet Instagram um, and I've also got um the body positive poet it's a page that I don't use much now but has a lot of my old poetry on there from a time when I really needed to write so it was very frequent um I also have a Wattpad and I couldn't tell you the name of it for the life of me but I have a poetry anthology on there it's called self you might be able to find it by searching the title um and that was very much documenting kind of my journey with accepting myself and understanding myself amazing well I will gather all those links together and I will definitely (laughs) put it in the description but Jade thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today to talk through all of this I feel like we barely even scratched the surface I feel like I could talk (laughs) you know for even longer but thank you so much for being here thank you so much 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Sharing on social media is always a bonus, and I will catch you guys next week.